Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Stop, stop, stop. Just before this big interview begins, I need to tell you about a new book being published by Backpage, the good guys made guys who published my two books on Barca and Spain and who also, thank the Lord for them, produced this podcast. Football 2.0, How the World's Best Play the Modern Game by Grant Wall, is in all good bookstores from May 15. What does that mean to you? Well, Grant Wall sits down with superstars such as Manuel Neuer, Vincent Company, and Xabi Alonso. And thanks to extensive interviews with players in every key position on and off the pitch, he explains the technical and tactical revolution which has transformed modern football. This book is packed with insights that only those at the very top of the sport can offer. In the words of my good friend Gabriel Marcotti, Grant Wall is an expert storyteller who has managed to get some of the best in the world to share the secrets of their trade. So, big interview listeners, that's your World Cup reading sorted. First time I properly noticed Ander Herrera. He was playing next to Gabi, now of Atletico Madrid, in central midfield for the club he loves, Real Zaragoza, fighting like a tiger to try and make sure that they didn't get relegated. I was television commentating on his games and he utterly stood out to me as not only talented but as a force of nature. The players at Manchester United who voted him player of the season last season won't have been surprised retrospectively to hear that. He is talented, fiery, um, Aggressive, competitive, funny. And when you meet him, what you get a real feel for is that he's a straight talker who views his profession very seriously, but is able to describe it and also to transmit the passion that he feels for Manchester United, for the ball, for their fans. And in this interview, he says strange things. He absolutely surprises me about his plans for the future. His praise for David De Gea, well... Although I agreed with him, I've never heard anybody describe the United keeper quite this way. His words about who will win the World Cup and why. Listen, the list goes on and on and on. But this became, rather than an interview, a conversation. I'm really very grateful to Ander Herrera, not just for taking so much time, but for saying, you can ask me anything and I'll tell you what, I'll answer everything. Tune into this interview, tell your friends, this is the United dressing room, this is the United training ground, as you haven't heard it before. Ander, um, thank you for being a guest on The Big Interview and thank you for addressing the balance because in the last couple of weeks we've had Andrew Robertson of Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp of Liverpool, so we had to come to Manchester United. Yeah. It was imperative. Yeah. So do you mind if I start with a quiz question which we haven't prepared at all? Fine. The first time you and I were in the same stadium was in March 2004 in Barcelona. Madrid. 
Can you work out which game it was and, and yeah. can you immediately one, bring back some of the memories? One of the happiest moments in my life. I remember that I, I cried that day because we beat, when I say we, I mean my, the, the club that I love, is Real Zaragoza. We beat Real Madrid, Real Madrid of Galacticos. Name them, I mean Zidane played. Zidane, Beckham, Raul, Roberto Carlos, Guti, Figo. Ronaldo. It was quite a good side, right? So, yeah, yeah, I think. Beckham scored the first one. Beckham scored. And then, and then we drew the game. Was, uh, if I'm not wrong, was uh, Dani draw the game. Oh, Villa, Villa. Dani Garcia, yeah, Villa. who plays for both yeah. uh, Barcelona and Madrid in his yeah. time, takes the ball at the back post onto his thigh, right? Yeah, and volleys at home for 1-1. Yeah, no, maybe that was 2-2. That's the 1-1, one, one. and That's you, the one, you're one. in the stadium, right? Yeah, I was in, in the stadium. But apart from loving the club, why else were you in the stadium? Why I was in the stadium? Because your dad... Yeah, no, of course. People dad, don't know. My dad used to work for Real Zaragoza, but uh, if my dad wouldn't have worked for Real Zaragoza, I would have been <laughs> also in the stadium, because Real Zaragoza is my the club that I love. Uh, I am supporter of Real Zaragoza and I will be supporter of Real Zaragoza for the rest of my life. Uh, so was just a coincidence that my dad, that my dad was uh, at Real Zaragoza. So now he's not working for the club anymore, but I'm still a fan. So claro. I would have been anyway. <laughs> and I can tell you, it was one of the happiest moments in my life because no one expected Real Zaragoza to win that cup. And, and we did it with... Um, uh, late goal of uh, Galetti, the Argentinian player, after he played for Olympiacos, Atletico de Madrid as well, and he scored one of the most important goals in, in our history. I was in the corner where the ball, where I could see how the ball was coming to the, to the post, almost to the post, and then he scored that fantastic goal. So I didn't know you was there yeah. in that stadium, but uh, I can tell you that maybe you enjoyed that game, and I just enjoyed the end of the game because during the game I was uh, suffering a lot. <laughs> You're still a kid then, right? With approximately I was like 10, 11, maybe? No, uh, how, how, was 2000? See, 2004. 2004, maybe. So maybe 13. 13, 13, 13 yeah. So you traveled down from Zaragoza, yeah. I which went is with, what? with a couple of friends and with the dad of one of my friends, and we were there. Scarves? Hats or, or jersey? I just wear the shirt. I don't like to, to wear hats or, or, and I don't like the, how do you call them, bubucelas. Oh, you know? no, no. I hate them. So yeah. I'm a bit um, classic in terms of supporting football and I just went with my shirt. And to be honest, I tell you again, was one of the, is one of the happiest memories I have in, in my life. And I made you, the, the tears came because it, as people... In the UK, where the majority of our listeners are, not all of them by any means, don't realise that Zaragoza, with that brilliant Brazilian, El Canario, Sabio. in the ah, 60s, in the, in the in 60s, 60s yeah. and then Los Magníficos, Los Magníficos yeah. who won the cup yeah. and competed head-to-head -head with Madrid, and then obviously they win the Cup Winners' Cup in Paris, I think, against Arsenal. Yeah, La Recopa. I don't know how do you call it. Cup Winners' Cup, Recopa is Cup Winners' Cup. We call it Recopa and... Uh, I couldn't go to that game because I was too young. I was like five years old, but I still have memories that I stayed with um, our neighborhoods because our neighbors because my parents went to the game and our neighbors that they are like family. So I stayed with them for a couple of days and I could watch the game with them, and I still have also that memory. Maybe my first memory of football because uh, when Najim scored that goal. Uh, <sighs> I don't know how to explain the feeling we had in, in the town because we were European champions yeah. and in Spain we are used to see European champions but just Real Madrid or Barcelona or sometimes Atletico Maybe Atleti. Even Valencia haven't been able to win a European Cup because he, they lost one final against Real Madrid and another final against Bayern Munich. So we were we are one of the few that we have done it. Maybe... I couldn't say that more than five teams in Spain, they have a 
a European uh, title. European and, title. And the way also yeah. that, that Naeem yeah, Naeem does it is. I think um, <laughs> the last week I was with, or a couple of weeks ago, I was with an Arsenal fan talking, and he was talking about Seaman, and I told him, "You know, Seaman is our hero." <laughs> and he was saying, he's our hero, why is your hero? And he didn't remember, remember. that game. The, because he tried uh, to clear uh, the memory uh, out of his of head course, forever. And, but he's one of our, he's, to be honest, he's in, couldn't say our hero, but he's in our happiest moment. He's in your in history, history, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So the Naeem goal is one of the first memories. And I guess that when you see Galetti, because that was that, that really crazy season. Carlos Queiroz has left this club. And I remember going in at the beginning of that season and Kiros comes, comes out, Florentino Perez lets him come out to yeah. speak to me um, after the press conference and I say, have you anything to say to Sir Alex Ferguson? He said, tell him I love him, tell him I love him because he let me go. Uh-huh. And he took over at Madrid and they immediately sold Makaleli. So the, the balance of the team yeah. wasn't right. And, yeah, and Kiros began that season saying to Sidlow and me, Taking Makalel away from this team is asking a climber to go up Everest without oxygen. And it, and it proved that way. But they still had so much talent on the pitch that night. And even you had David Villa, for example. We had, a, we had a very good team. I remember the team was David Villa and Dani. Dani Garcia Lara. He used to play for Real Madrid and Barcelona. Good striker. David Villa, he came from, from Sporting de Gijón. And after Real Zaragoza, he had an amazing career. We had Sabio Bortolini. He came from Real Madrid as well. He was Beautiful an amazing Brazilian winger, you'd say, or uh, yeah, winger, winger, left winger. But he could play. He could. He was able to play also a little bit more in the middle because he was very. Uh, he understood the understood the football very good, and he was able to play the ball also from the midfielder. And we had also Galetti. Cani was there as well. Gabi Milito was in. In wonderful our, defender. Wonder, wonderful defender. We we will also we will be always thankful to Real Madrid because they didn't sign him after the medical. We let him. They let him go to Zaragoza. They say it was after they the medical. Say, Some people also say that Florentino say, looked at him and said, "I don't know. He's not a Galactico. No, no, not you. But this is right. what you never knew which story. I don't know. But, but because they he say, didn't sign for Madrid, he came to." He didn't pass the medical with Real Madrid, which could have meant that he was not ready to play, and he spent like five seasons in Real Zaragoza, amazing, outstanding. And do you remember his partnership with Piqué? Yeah, Piqué Milito. Piqué Milito, and... but Piqué used to play also in midfield, because we had uh, Álvaro... No, Sergio. Sergio was... Sergio was a center defender, very good, and Piqué had to adapt also to midfield, and sometimes in right back. He was 19 or something like that. And he wasn't. He, he says that Gabi Melito was the best training that you could possibly ever have. Yeah, probably. Yeah, two guys who were tough on the pitch, but also really good footballers. Yeah. And they used to share a room and bounce up and down yeah. on their beds and throw things and go mm-hmm. crazy. And So the theme is cup finals. So this is where we introduce you to your team doing something to make your heart soar and fly because they win the cup um, against the... Galactico Real Madrid yeah. in, in Barcelona. Then, do I have it right? Am I right that your next senior cup final, at least, is in the Mediterranean games? I think so, yeah. With the national team of Spain under 20, we played Italy in Pescara, Mediterranean games. We played against Matteo Darmian. Matteo Darmian was yes. in that team, uh, and he remembered that final because uh, Italy was under-20 final and it was like 20,000 people, which is quite quite uh, busy, the stadium. Um, I remember they had a lot of ex- expectations in that final because it was in Italy, it was in Pescara, uh, and they were facing Spain. And we scored in the last minute, I think, of the extra time, and we, we beat Italy. I think that was my first final as a player, I think. You had... Guys like Jordi Alba in that team, I think, We also. had Jordi Alba, we had Parejo in that team. Oh, fabulous player. We had... Uh, we had, we had, we had... Uh, I, I wonder if Botia was playing. Botia or? was there, Dominguez was there. And we're going to... The coach, I think, is the same coach that is going to come back later in the story. Yeah. Luis Mila. Luis Mila. Who, who, who I, played in a similar position to you. Yeah, yeah. Central, central midfielder. He was... 
smaller than me, but he was very good on the ball. Originally Barcelona. And then he went to Real Madrid. And the player who came through at Barcelona because Mia went to Madrid was a young Pep Guardiola. Yeah, true, true. That's so true. Mia is quite an important figure yeah. in, in this story. And he, he played very good for Valencia a few seasons. And I am very thankful to him because I think he's one of the best managers I've ever had. The way he interacts with the players, the way he understands football. Uh, and we were able to win the Mediterranean Games, you say, and then the Championship, uh, European Championship under 21, and then we had uh, that uh, fail in the in the Olympic Games where we had a lot of expectations and we had an amazing team, but we were not good at that tournament. So I feel really sorry for him because I think it was our fault player's fault, not his fault, and we were not as good as we should have been. So before we go on to the other finals, at this stage, after having been at a big final as a fan, yeah. and felt the tension as a fan, yeah. and then having played in a big final, Spain-Italy in the Mediterranean Games, at, at that stage, can you remember what you felt about finals? To be honest, the pressure you feel when you are on the pitch... Honestly, in my case, is less than the pressure you have or the tension you have when you are outside. Because when you are on the pitch, you feel that you can interact. You can modify the result by yourself with your work, with your job. And when you are in the stands, you just suffer. You just shout. You just... I consider myself as a fan. And I have a worse feeling... I am talking about uh, tension mm -hmm. than when you are on the pitch. When you are on the pitch, you feel tension before the game. But as soon as the referee whistles, you have to play, you have to run and you forget it. Is it that you forget it or you feel that you've got your destiny in your own hands to some extent? You can control... Uh, I am quite nervous guy. So what I try to do before the game in the days before is... Work hard, prepare myself, take care of myself, and do everything I have in my hands to be ready for the game. What are the details? Because <clears throat> it shows that you're a good professional. You know, you can see it in your career, which managers trust you. You can see it in your physical shape, your recuperation from your coin. You can see you're a good pro. When you say eat well, sleep well, do, what does that mean exactly? Tell, tell people. I mean, um, I like to start the game with my brain clean, completely clean. How can I get that feeling? Doing everything that I have in my hands the days before, or even the, during the whole season, to start the game thinking, okay, now I don't know what is gonna happen, but I've done everything that is in my hands to win this. And that's the way I, 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 I perform better. Meditation? No, 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 I'm not crazy on that, I just do. I just look after myself physically, mentally, uh, work hard. Uh, I look to the opponent. I try to prepare the game in the best way possible to feel mm -hmm. when the referee whistles I'm that prepared. I have done. I'm prepared I'm and I've done everything. When you look at the opponent, do you, do you study them individually not, a little bit? Not or? in a crazy way. No, but I like to, for example, uh, we are playing against West Ham the next game yeah, or Watford. And the, a couple of weeks before, I like to watch the lineup they they play, the system they play. Not in a crazy way, because we have the application in the phone, and I go game by game. Like, okay, let's see what how West Ham played the the last game. Okay, they play with three with three uh, centre backs, with two full backs, and then in the middle they are playing now with Noble and Obiang or whatever. It mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. isn't. It's not something that I have to think about. It just comes to my phone. Okay, let's see what West Ham did in the last couple of weeks. Small clips of action? Little clips to watch? No, because or? we do it with the manager. I mean, always a couple of days before the game, mm -hmm. we do the analysis, you say analysis? Yes. Team? Analysis Perfect. with the manager, Perfect. with the team. But before, it's true that I go to my app. Mm -hmm. I have the Forza. It used to be Life Score, I think. Okay. And it's fantastic how they have the lineups. Forza. Forza, yeah. How they have the, the lineups, uh, the last games, the stats of the players. 
So I'm just relaxing my sofa and I have a look. <laughs> Let's have a look on West Ham, how they've been playing the last weeks. And that information just settles into your football brain and it's there for mentally getting ready for the test that's coming up, whichever team it is. You just have the not too much information, no, not but in a, a little bit of way. focus. To be honest, I don't consider myself freaky. You say freaky as well, freak. It's a Spanish word. It's which freaky. I think how we do you understand? How do you say in maybe English? obsessed? Obsessed. Obsessed. Yeah. yeah. I'm not obsessed on. But we don't. You're maybe you're talking to a freaky, and I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. To be honest, the memories you have about football, you look a real freaky. <laughs> 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 Maybe I just yeah, look a, a yeah. real freaky, full stop. Yeah. I'm a bit freaky as well, but not... But I, I, I don't shove it off. I, it's my living, Ander, you know? Yeah, true, One, true, true. it's my passion. You know, when you say... Football is also my passion, and that's why I think I have the best job you do. in the world. Yeah. You do. But the second best, even better than being a manager, I think, <laughs> is being allowed to do this. To talk to, with to, someone about what To talk to somebody the and then take... You're my app. Yeah. <laughs> so I take this knowledge and then I apply it the next time I watch you play or the next time I watch Madrid or Barcelona play yeah. or whoever it is. And that's what we find from the people who listen to this. Yeah. They soak up the information and the dialogue we have with people who follow us now is more informed, more interesting than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The f- your ordinary fan now understands and talks football better than they have before. Never at the level of the footballers or the managers yeah. because you have a different understanding. To be honest, I don't want to be a manager because of that, because you are crossing the line. You are crossing the line from enjoying football, what we do. Yeah. Or when, when I retire football, I will enjoy watching football, talking about the stories, uh, talking with people that I, they have played football. And when you cross the line to be a manager... I think it's so tough. That job is really tough. I respect them all because it's very difficult to to cope with 25 different personalities. Uh, even more when you are in a big club, we have a lot of nationalities, a lot of thoughts, uh, different families, different and cultures, different cultures, different people sur- surrounding the players with different information, when dif- with different. Uh, expectations, uh, dreams, so different uh, maturity, too. maturity as well. So that's why I used to say I will be a manager, but now I honestly don't think so because it's very, very difficult. I'm really, really surprised because although I'm going to draw you back to finals quite soon, when I watch you play and when I listen to you also, I know you read the game well. Your your skills are there to see, but when I see you either. A lot of the tackles you make or interceptions or movements you make are reading in advance what you think is going to happen. I think that's a key part of your game. Yeah, when you are not... We have to see to ourselves and we have to know our strengths and our weakness. I'm not the strongest guy in the world. You mean physically? Physically. So as a midfielder, what can I do to beat one guy that is stronger than me? Thinking quicker than him. That's the way I... Danny Alves used to say, always used to say to me, football is para listos. That's true. Football is for the smart guys. I agree. But so I see that in you. And then also space creation. When you take the ball and you take a little touch forward, because immediately that takes it away from the guy who hasn't anticipated how you're going to open up space. And with that little touch, often the release pass is there for you. When a player has those things... Usually what they want to do after they finish is, is, is teach them, share them, earn a living, stay in the game. Probably I will, but with kids in ah, academy. Okay. I think that's my dream right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't close doors. You never know what can happen. You never know. I used, one day I say to Ernesto Valverde, I will not be a manager, uh, mister, because I feel that you guys suffer too much, much more than us. I do, but they suffer much more than us. But he told me, you will, because after one year or six months without competing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you will feel the gusanillo, we say in Spanish. How yeah. do you say in English? Like you feel... You feel empty inside. Yeah, you feel empty inside. You need to compete. You need to fight with someone to win a game in a good way always. 
And he told me that, and I will never forget it, because I was convinced that I was not going to be a manager after seeing all of them, the way they suffer. They really do suffer because, and I know our profession is yeah. part of it, yeah. fans are part of it, more and more people are too quick to judge, people are angry or yeah. critical, and success is only allowed to last this long. Now, that's unhealthy because if you live as a manager, how many weeks are in a year? 52. So maybe you live 48 weeks with pure stress. Yeah, I agree. It's maybe unhealthy. But some um, people also... Some people that we could name feed off that. Like Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson, who right now we pray is getting better, who I've known since I was 16 because he managed my team. He, he, he's the opposite of what you said. He fed off that. The more stress, the more push, the bigger his talent and his achievements got. I admire him because he thinks like that. But uh, I also think about my family and after playing football, hopefully, and I touch wood. Many more years. Many yeah. more years. I want to enjoy what I have achieved, and I want to enjoy my money, to be honest, and talking uh, honestly. It's obvious. So, yeah. if I am a manager, or one day, I will have probably even more money, but I will not enjoy my life the way I want. And I think I will feed myself, as you say about Ferguson, I will, I will feed myself, for example, teaching kids mm -hmm. and looking to one kid that when he started with me, he had this weakness and look at him now, he's playing professional and I am so happy for him. But I think when I finish football, professional football will not be for me. That's my thought right now. That's my thing right now. You're telling me that... I don't know what's going to happen. Something's wrong. If this is how professional football makes a guy like you feel, something is wrong with professional football. No, It's an honest view. I, I understand you. But professional but football can't I, allow a guy like you to go... I listened to Matt Serrano a few months ago and he said, I don't enjoy playing football. And I agree with him completely. And I understand him completely. Because when you are on the pitch, you are not enjoying. And I have had this conversation with Juan Mata a few times, and he's agreed with me. Unless you are three up, three nil winning in the second half, and you have the the the, the time to have the ball, when you are, when you are playing for Manchester United or you are playing for Barcelona or you are playing for Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or City or Chelsea or Liverpool or Milan, Juventus, Inter, big clubs, you have behind you. 10 million or 12 million or 15 million people watching the game and you can fuck their week if yeah. you lose. It fucks the week completely. So how, it, it, how do you want me to enjoy my game if I have the responsibility to make happy or sad 15 million people? But we can be honest now given that we're, you don't know me well but we've known each other for quite a long time. We can be honest and say that not every footballer feels that responsibility. That separates that's true, that's true. guys like you and Juan and Michael Carrick, who was part of this series, and Fletch. That separates you because, like, for example, when Michael am, was I, injured, when yeah. Fletch was injured, they went with the fans to go behind. Yeah. The, the connection is there, like you and the responsibility. But not even, I mean, talking about also great footballers, not every footballer feels this. I'm jealous of them because they can play... Not better, but more calm, and they can go home after a defeat, more calm than me. But uh, I don't blame them. Blame them. Is I'm not blaming them because uh, everyone can feel the victory or the defeat the way they want. Yeah. As soon as they give everything on the pitch. Yeah. So why why do you think you feel that responsibility? Do you think it's I know, for example, my girlfriend. My girlfriend always makes two plans. One, if we win, and one, if we lose. She has been with me already for 10 years or 11 years, so she knows how I am. Yeah. For example, she calls uh, friends to go dinner. Okay, if we win, we go dinner to this restaurant. Okay, guys, but if we lose, we go dinner at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I she knows how I am, and I cannot change myself. It's no. the way I feel, and... If I lose derby, for example, 3-0, and I go to a restaurant 
and I find a couple of fans that they have spent their money traveling to follow us, and I am there having a, a bottle of wine, I wouldn't feel good with myself. So it's just to respect them. You feel here that the fans see that in you? They understand that? Of Because course. it feels to me like there's a connection, a real of connection. Of course they do. I have no doubt. That they treat you well here? The real fans know that. Did you pick it up when you were growing up from, from being around football, seeing it through your father's eyes, feeling the responsibility? Do you think it began there th or you've I learned think, it? No, to be honest, I think it's something that I have in my DNA. I feel the responsibility when I put my shirt on, when I play for United because we have 15 million fans, or I don't know, probably more. When I was in Athletic Bilbao, the same, yeah. because uh, we, are, we were representing a traditional philosophy, a different philosophy. And when I was in my club, in the club that I love, because I was a player and a fan at the same time. So it's not something that my dad has told me. Probably it's something that goes in the education I have had from my whole family. Uh, and not not only about um, football. Probably my mom, uh, before one day, she told me, I'm going to put an example. If you have um, one of your friends is in a, is in a bad situation because he's going to get an operation, for mm. example, mm. don't go party because he can be suffering, so go with him and support him. That's an example that you can take with you to the football, but it's life. I, values. Values, yeah. It's about values and the education that I have had from my family, which I am very, very happy and thankful to my family. It's helped you be the player you are here. Do you think it's helped you? Because we have to separate talent in every footballer, talent and character. Yeah. So it's helped you su succeed at pressure places like Athletic and like at United? Uh, You're asking me if my character helps me. Yeah. Helps me because I have... I think it helps me, of course, because, because I give everything every day and I think I am going to the right way because I think if you give everything, even if you're having a bad moment, sooner or later, football and life is fair. I completely think so. But if I wouldn't have this character, I think I would be also... A football player, because uh, I have had teammates with a different character, and they are fantastic team uh, players. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you need my character to be a, foot a professional football player, but it's the character I have, and I cannot change it. That's it. But we ha we know in football there are some players that they go to the pitch, they play, they give everything, and when they leave the pitch, they forget. Yes, and. Is also very respect, respectable. Respectable? Yeah, it? of course. You, we can respect them because they're different, and if they've given enough on the 90 minutes, that's it. fine. That's okay. it, that's fine, yeah. That's the thing all that, I ask to my team. None of us like yeah. is if you go out on the pitch and you don't give your best in 90 minutes, then, then, then adios. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Go back to Cup Finals now because I guess... Uh, the I don't I can't remember the correlation, but maybe the next two finals are Athletic Bilbao. Sore, sore. Uh, before we played, the, we played some Denmark. finals with Real Zaragoza, but be, for the relegation. <laughs> I also consider them Whoa. a finals. A okay, real finals. so let's name the two guys yeah. because it was you and Gabby in the middle of the and pitch playing those finals. Yeah. Okay, Poncio is a very good, talented footballer. Yeah. Gabby is different. Yeah, Gabby is this mixture of. Uh, superb football ability, and if I can use the phrase, a little bit of Malaleche as well. Yeah, both He's of them. Poncio super as well. streetwise. Poncio is still playing, and he's still the captain of River Plate in Argentina. And I, 
we used to play together for two seasons, Poncio, Gabi and me, almost every it's game together. It's the first together. time I noticed you. I was doing commentary in Spain and, and I, I noticed, because Zaragoza were down and in trouble. Yeah. And I, I knew Gabi. Yeah. And I saw you for the first time and I saw the absolute fucking desperation yeah. to keep Zaragoza up. Yeah. I, I watched the two players in my time in Spain mm. that have stood out to me away from the big clubs. Costa, when he was at Valladolid. Yeah, I played against and him. And Alan well. Pardew had just sold um, Carroll to Liverpool and he said, find me the next Fernando Torres. Yeah. And I gave him a list. And the top of the list was this guy at Valladolid. And the other guy who stood out to me when I was doing the commentaries was you because in those games you were like, we're not going down. Yeah. It was ferocious. It was good to watch. Uh, I was very lucky to play with these two guys. I was like 21 they were 28-30 or 29-31 and I really learned from them a lot, a lot, because they were warriors. They are. Warriors, yeah. yeah. They are very smart. They, are, they know how to play both footballs, the nice and the... And the, the, the Let, nasty, let's call it street the nasty also streetwise. Nasty yeah. is the, true, but yeah. streetwise. The nasty football, and I really learned from them good things, yeah. and also sometimes <laughs> bad things in terms of. I phoned Marcelo Bielsa. Then, in the next season, he told me, "Don't complain anymore. Don't complain never again, because referees are there to help football, not to kill them." And that was a learn that I had from, from Marcelo Bielsa. It's a beautiful because, point of view, but yeah, I'm so not so. sure... Marcelo Bielsa used to say that, honestly. <laughs> and I was coming from a team who was fighting for... for keep alive. Yeah. And I was going to the romantic football with Marcelo Bielsa. So it was quite a, a, big, change. a big change for me. But uh, both, of, both times were successful. We stayed up couple of seasons in the first season in the, uh, two games before finishing the, the season the end of the season and the last season in the last game, last game. so uh, whew, a lot of things we learned from it and I call them also finals the, some I games we played some games we played with Real Zaragoza so I guess Gabi was Gabi was in the Atleti team in in Romania that final yeah, yeah. Uh, when we when I moved to Athletic Bilbao the same summer he moved to, to, Athletic. A, to Athletic Bilbao, and 12 months later, we found ourselves. So the two, to in, set the scene, you play beautiful football. You must, it must be some of the most thrilling moments of your life because with Athletic Bilbao, with Athletic yeah, Bilbao, yeah, yeah, you are at the peak of your powers. Then you have talent all around you, but you're playing a football that yeah. the world is watching yeah. and enjoying. You knock Manchester United out. Yeah. We've talked about that here before, and you go to two finals where. Neither final represents no, uh, no. anything about the quality of the team no, no. or the character of the players. It... We were a completely different team. We had been before. Yeah. Uh, because, um, to be honest, we were physically fucked. Just tired, just exhausted. We couldn't run anymore. Uh, we played, I think, 65 games that season. 38 games in the league, mm. and then we reached a cup final in Spain, and we reached Europa League final. Mm. So you can imagine how many games we played, and if you see the stats, Marcelo Bielsa used to play with the same players. We're talking about maybe a hardcore of 14? 14 maximum. Yeah. So you can imagine how we finished the, se the season. And I am, not, I am not blaming the manager, no. because he did it amazing for us, and we should be very thankful because what we were talking, what you were talking about, the beautiful football People we played. loved it. But uh, the last month, we couldn't even move. That's uh, the reality. And if you talk with any of the, um, the players that we were in that time, Llorente, sí. Amorevieta, Javi Martínez, was sí. there, Iker Muniain, Iturraspe de Marcos, he will tell you the same. I don't know if he will tell you in public, but in private. <laughs> it, it's a story that I <laughs> have private, talked to them, will, particularly about when I talked to Javi, because Javi then in later years kept getting injuries, yeah, and true, you true, wonder true, about true, true, true. when you take a body to the yeah. absolute extreme one season. Three months then, after I got operation in my pubis, pubal groin, groin. groins, and that's the reality. We played an amazing football. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa should be always in football because the look 
or the view he has about football is amazing. Uh, I remember if we score the first goal, we are going to try to score the second. Mm -hmm. Don't waste time. Don't complain to the referee. Even if you have if you have a bad decision of the referee, keep running, keep running, keep fighting. If you if you score a goal, the best way to defend that goal is scoring the second one. So it's a quite romantic view about football. But I cannot lie to you. The last months we couldn't even move. We were fifth, I think. Uh, we had five games to play in the league, and we were fifth. We were in cup final and we were in Europa League final and we I think we lost all of them five, yeah. I, not only the final the also the, the games in the I league. saw the I went to both games sporting and um, in, in, in Lisbon you could see everything was still okay in the second game maybe it was only the tension yeah. no but the, in, but in, the tension and against the, and the sport, tiredness in against, sporting against a sporting Lisbon away we were better than them and we lost that game. Yeah. So we started... That's why I think you were fine then. Yeah. Take the score aside. Yeah, true. It was still the same athletic. At home, I don't know if it was tiredness and tension. But, and, and you won. And you qualified yeah, won. late. Yeah. But I thought, wow, this seems to be as if it's weighing on the shoulders now. We had like three four months that we were flying. Literally flying. Uh, from, I think, from November till February, March. We... We were unbeatable. I talked to Alexis. He faced it as when he was in Barcelona. And he told me, oh, my God, how much you guys were running. <laughs> yeah. we, no one was even able to run as much as us. It was impossible. But after that, we couldn't even move. Uh, our legs said, stop. We used to play always with the same players. And we were not at the... At our best in the finals. Which hurt more because the, in, in, in Romania against uh, Aleti, it, it wasn't a game. Against Barcelona, if it hadn't been for the blitzkrieg start and, and Pedro and Messi, the rest of the game is quite even. And the fans, yeah. that yeah, night, I've, I'm Scottish, I've seen some fans, that night. To be honest, I don't blame, our, I don't blame ourselves for the final against Barcelona because it was one of the best Barcelonas in the history. Yeah. So we could have lost that final yeah. like we did. But what we did against Atletico de Madrid, that's, what, that's one thing that I will have in my heart forever because uh, Bilbao was everyone out, everyone expecting us to, to win. We were favourites in the betting, yeah. I remember, and was... Quite funny, because we were favourites and everyone expected us to win. But, uh, you know, I find some similar things mm -hmm. with the final we played against Ajax. Mm -hmm. I think it was kids against men. And that's exactly what happened against Atletico Madrid. We were playing men against, against kids. And I had the same feeling against Ajax last season. Mm -hmm. last season. When we started the game and they were having the ball, I was saying to myself, we want to win this game because these guys are going to make one mistake, one mistake or two mistakes, and we are going to kill them. Mm. And we did. You, they felt a little bit green, Ajax, as if they haven't been the course they have time an amazing, and again to Amazing get philosophy, amazing way of playing, quite a romantic club as well about yeah. the, the way they played. But I think, I think our manager prepared the final. He got it exactly very right. Good, huh? Very good. He told us what was going to happen, and it, and it happened. And you, you dominated that match, so we're back to cup finals Not again. Not maybe the ball, but you, we dominated the, the game. You did dominate the game. Yeah. It looked, it felt like control. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the ball. True. A team which knew what was going to happen, knew what they had to do. Yeah. The, in a fight, it's like, wait, 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 yeah. punch, punch. Yeah, true, and true. also, you, you, you get voted man of the match. Yeah. Why do you think you won that vote? And does that ever matter when you get an award like that? To be honest, the way I feel football, I would take all the individual awards out because this is a... Ballon d'Or as well. Ballon d'Or as well? You think Messi needs Ballon d'Or to know that, that everyone knows this is the best player in the history? I have my view, but I'm interested in, you, in what you, what you say. For me, he doesn't need the trophies no. to let us know that he is the best in the history. I know already he's the best I've ever seen. Which, which I agree with, but without being critical of Cristiano at all, no, he, I had, but he uses the Ballon d'Or yeah. to motivate to himself. motivate themselves. He, it's yeah. like a fuel for him, yeah. which I, I just find okay. Let's just, let's start again the answer. 
<laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't take the awards out, but I don't trust them. I don't trust in, in individual awards in football. So I wouldn't take them out because I know it's a business as well and it's important. It is. But I don't trust them. It's good it's a good, it's a good answer. Yeah. I understand that yeah. answer exactly. Yeah. And also how do you how, how can you ever justify that in a World Cup year always the best player in the World Cup team wins it for a short period of time, never mind the rest of the season. How can it be Iniesta never won it? How can it be that a goalkeeper never wins it? If there are individual awards, why is it now always about goals or trophies? It, it, yeah, it, because that's the trust thing for me. I'm to not be sure. Honest, because what's the most important thing in football? When you put the ball in the net. So <laughs> you have the answer there. Was the most happy? Was the happy? Was the happiest moment for a fan? Okay, okay. When then, your team scored a goal. Okay, then I, I would say I was lucky when your country won the World Cup. Yeah. I was on the pitch just next to the banquillo, <laughs> working, but there. And because I'd spent every day with them, my and I lived there. My when my daughter was born in your country, so my heart was kind of wrapped up a little bit in more than just doing my job. So for me, the Iniesta goal or Iker against Arjen Robben. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. When my heart nearly stopped, which is why is one better than the other? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I give the same importance to to both of them. But if you go to Spain and you go to a um, seventy-five years old man and you ask him, "Quick, let me. What is your first memory you have the World Cup?" They say the goal of Iniesta. Iniesta. You Iniesta de mi vida. You have to answer. It's true. It's true. And maybe if you ask for the second memory, maybe they say... Maybe. They, they say, say of... Uh, probably they say Puyol's header yeah, in the semi-final. And did you celebrate in, in Stockholm? Did, how did it feel to, to win a European trophy? Did you remember Romania that night? Did you remember... Or, or is everything completely separate? When you... You talked about on the pitch, not unless you're 3-0, you can't. But when you can breathe and enjoy is when... The trophy is in the yeah. air, are you back in the dressing room or the party afterwards? How, how, what's that like for a guy like you? I think you really enjoy what you have won a few hours after the game. Uh, as I told you before, I, I don't enjoy the game at all. <laughs> I don't do it. I, I didn't do against Ajax, I didn't do against Southampton, the League Cup. I didn't do against Leicester, the Community Shield. Uh, I will. I didn't do against uh, Switzerland the European Championship under 21. I don't enjoy the games because I go back again. I have the responsibility of one country or of one club to to win something. I enjoy a few hours after when you realize what you have done and you are proud of yourself. Mm. Do, you da- do you still do a little dance before the? No, the game. Ah, I used to do in Bilbao. Yeah, true. Just to to send the just to get the, the energy the, the, going. The or? energy go. Yeah. No, I used to do it in Bilbao because I had some of the <laughs> friends that was following me and punching me to do it. But no, 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 I don't do it anymore. I I think I'm more mature now. <laughs> when I spoke, dancing was good. When when we spoke to Manchester United players about the Alex Ferguson era, they would always say that he would. Um, leave them alone for the dressing room time before the game. Then he would sit down and tell them some strange story. It might be about a painter. It might be about the stock market. It might he be used about to do a that. horse race. Just in the dressing room before the game. With players. Tell them a little st- sit them all down and tell them some story oh. that seemed to come from nowhere. But it would get all their attention. And then he would just say, go out and enjoy yourself. What 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 what's, what's the dressing? That can room? help. Mm. To be honest, I like to talk before the game, after analyzing what how they play in and how we're gonna play. I just like to talk shit. To be honest <laughs> about whatever with Juan, with Antonio Valencia. Antonio is also funny before the games. Marcos. That, Marco. No, Marcos is is always very concentrated. But uh, with Antonio, with Juan, I like to do some stupid conversations. About whatever to, to, and I think it helps at least to me. Getting rid of some of the junk, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you say, clean mind when true, you true. when you start. When when you can I go carefully here? Yeah. You're a very very good footballer. You're very very committed. When occasionally the red blood boils up and there's a little bit of Gabby, you can see. Mm-hmm. 
Mala leche, they call that in Spain, and that's too strong. No, but mala leche... Is, is badness. I... But, but your competitive spirit is very ferocious. Is it sometimes... Do you manufacture it? Does it overtake you? In the moments, what's the process? When you look back on it... Yeah, sometimes you feel embarrassed what you have done, but just sometimes the complainings you have to the referee or something like that. But I have never done anything that can hurt another teammate, never. When we talk about mala leche that you say, I have never done a tackle on anyone that I want to, to get That's clear. that guy injured. Never in my life and I will, don't do it, I will not do it never. But of course, I know I lose my temperament temper, sometimes. Temper, yeah. But just complaining you know, with some reactions, but never um, trying to hurt anyone. But I, I think I am getting better in controlling myself. But it's, if, it's, if it's used properly, it's a part of being successful at the top. It is. It depends on the character. I think, uh, for example... I put you one example. Karim Benzema is one is a top football player, and he doesn't have those reactions. True. Anthony Martial is a, one of the most talented players ever, and he doesn't have those reactions. But for example, Alexis Sanchez, he has them. He has that uh, character, that te- temperament. I Ro- think Roy it's not Keane here famously. Roy Keane, Gary I think is not better. Or Roy Keane or Gary Neville. Neville. It doesn't make you better. Mm-hmm or worse, football play. It's just something that you have in your DNA. Sometimes you have to control it because you can get some yellow cards. And I think the last few years, I am much better than that. I used to be worse. Now I, w- now I want to take you to the... F- I, n- I can't ask this question now because you, you qualified. You turned the last FA Cup semi-final before this season. Um, Everton. With an assist. Mm. And then didn't play in the final. That must have been a... a, a Given what you've explained about tension and... To be I, honest, what I think always when I play or when I don't play is that the manager is doing the best for the team. I never take any decision personally. Never. Because I put myself in their position and I cannot even imagine that someone is taking a decision just to kill someone. I don't trust it at all. No. When you're a manager, you take your decisions because you think it's the best thing for the team and you are trying everything to win the game. He can be right or he can be wrong, but I never take the decisions like personally, honestly. Of course, you want to play every game. You want to, to feel part of the things always. You want to play. You want to, to be protagonists of things. But this is Manchester United. You cannot ask yourself to play every game of the season because we are in one of the best clubs in the world, one of the richest clubs in the world. We have the capacity to sign the best players in the world. So as soon as I'm ready to play, as soon as, as, soon as I have done everything to be ready, if the manager doesn't choose me, I will be angry two minutes. The third minute I will be thinking how can I help the team to win the final. That's so against, against Crystal Palace I was thinking... If the manager needs me now to play, what can I do? When we lost Chris Smalling because he was sent off, what, how could I do, help the team now to, to win the final? If I come on, if I'll I be come ready on. with ideas. And that's it. I never take the decisions of the managers personally. Same as when I play, I don't ask why I'm playing. So when I don't play, I don't go to the manager to, to ask why I'm not playing. You've got a very logical brain. You, you... I just try to put my balance because... I don't want to be like a montaña rusa. How do you say? You know, a uh, roller coaster. Ro- How do you call it? Roller coaster. Roller coaster. I don't uh, want to be. There's like... no way to explain that word. Actually, <laughs> what a roller coaster is. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I don't want to be one day because I'm playing the happiest, and the next day because I'm not playing, I'm the saddest in the Up world. Up and down. Up and down. I don't like that. No. I like to keep my balance. To keep my balance always. And I think if you find that balance, you're happier in life. What, what is, if we can talk about, because obviously part of this is that you're going to play uh, Chelsea, which is an interesting test in the FA Cup. There's two things I need to know from you. When you're in Spain, when do you begin to be, I ask about the FA Cup because when Pep Guardiola was a young player and I was over at Barcelona uh, reporting, 
And, and he, he, he made a long speech when he was going to leave the club in 2001. And he said he was really keen to come to England. And he said, first time I played at Old Trafford, I felt the history. And I know that one of the reasons to come to Manchester City, or if he had come here, was about the tradition of English football. The little grounds like some you've played in, Cambridge or Yeovil yeah, or exactly. whatever. He, he feels that history. And also, a lot of people I know in Spain, when you didn't see English games all the time growing up, particularly not the league, but the FA Cup was a game which, when did you become aware of the tradition of English football, like, for example, the FA Cup, when you were growing up? Um, Maybe not. I've watched football, English football, Spanish football, Italian football, and I couldn't tell you that that day I felt the traditional English football or the, the magic of, of football. I think football is everywhere the same, is what I love, what I love to do. When I was in Spain, of course, you realize that Manchester United and English football is special, the way you see the stadiums always, always full how they celebrate the corners. So, uh, Xabi Alonso, I remember when he was at Liverpool and he used to make a switch, switch of playing. A nice ball And across. you can yeah. listen the ground, the stands, oh, do like, oh. You feel like they really appreciate not only the skills, also the passion and the commitment. The, the, the commitment. And I think that's the first thing I had in my mind when I came. I'm going to try to make Manchester United fans proud of having me in their team. I can play good, I can play bad, I can miss a pass, I can make a mistake, but I will give everything to make them feel, okay, we have a guy that we are proud of him in our team. But if I would play for another club in Germany or in Italy or in France, I would think the same. You've communicated that well. Wembley? Because you, you've now been to Wembley a lot and you've only lost once in the league. You've played... Like, for example, does, does, is Wembley interesting to you, like, as a name, as a stadium, or is it just a place to go and work? It's a very beautiful stadium, but I think, in my opinion, it doesn't have the magic of Jobil or Cambridge or even Fulham Stadium. We were training at... A couple of weeks place. ago. Right on the river. I like Wembley, and I really like Wembley, I can tell you. It's a fantastic stadium. I also made my debut with, with the Spanish national team there, and I will never forget that stadium. But in terms of real football, all the school football and the football that, that we all, the fans, like, I couldn't tell you Wembley is, or they have the special atmosphere. Yeovil, you can feel... Yeovil, uh, Cambridge, uh, we have played in a few stadiums with a real... Um, you scored a good goal there also. Yeah, true. But when you see that, you see to the stands and you see that probably there are more people than seats. You know what I mean? That, that's what made me go back and remember some of the old atmospheres that I really liked. When it comes to... Um, your country, because we've only really got three small sections left now. When, when you, you, you come on and you change the game, because England are winning 2-0. Yeah, true. Okay, Aspas gets the goals, but the pattern changes. Yeah. You impose yourself. You're, I don't know if you played maybe 40, 35 minutes, something like this at least. It's a big result. Yeah. It's a big result in relation to Russia for me, because any team that can, Lopetegui's team has gone to Belgium to win, has drawn in Italy, has won in France, with you also playing. Yeah. When you're 2-0 down with no time remaining and you can get 2-2, that tells you something in a friendly about the spirit and the attitude. Yeah, that's what I think Spain is going to win the World Cup. And I really think so, because I've been almost one full session, season with them, with the team, and the atmosphere you feel in that team is special. I remember the way we celebrated that draw against England, because we all knew we, are, we were unbeaten and they are still unbeaten. So uh, I really have the hope Spain is going to win the World Cup because of these small things. There's guys you've always played with who are playing there now. Yeah, Thiago, for example. Yeah, Thiago, Javi Martinez is there. 
or was there at, at my moment. I also know Wisco. You played forever for Coquet, De Gea. Played. De Gea. Now tell yeah. me something because I don't think they Jordi Alba appreciated. What? About? I think De Gea. When you hear people talking about Courtois or Neuer, for me David is the best by far. It, it seems clear to me. Yeah, for me is is the best by far. Uh, Give the reasons. I have no reason because I think he has something who comes that comes from God. God chose him in the goal and God chose Messi on the pitch. You cannot train what he did against Liverpool with the foot, with, the, the instant ca- reaction. You cannot train that. You cannot train what he did against Kun Agüero when he had the ball two meters from him and he put the hand out. You cannot train it. So you can train when he receives the ball from the left defender and he puts the ball to Antonio Valencia. Perfect. This is the thing people don't, I think, appreciate. He's a really good footballer. Yeah, he's really good. Really good. And you, you, can, you can see when, when he receives the ball, he knows always what to do. So he has some special abilities that I think he hasn't trained them. Because you cannot train them. You just have them. They're innate. Yeah. Well, I won't put you on this, but I, I, I'm going to travel with Spain in, in the World Cup and I hope you're there too because the games you've played for them have shown that actually not only are you ready, but they need you. Mm-hmm. I think it's right. Thank you. So hopefully. maybe we'll see each other in Russia. Um, the two remaining sections are, are Chelsea. Chelsea's an interesting one. What I want to pay you a compliment on is um, you, you get sent off marking... Hazard at Stamford Bridge. It looks as if maybe one of the yellows is a little bit soft, in my opinion. But it also looks as if the next time you play Chelsea, you've got it in your head, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to excel, I'm going to pay the... But I don't think about what happened before, never. Zero. I always it's start no the motivation. Game. No, 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 no. I always start the game thinking about that game, that's it. Because you can get confused, because any condition... Is different in, in one game. Maybe one game is raining. Uh, the next game will be windy. The next game they play with three in midfield and maybe they play with two now. So I just focus on the, on the game. New story that I'm every playing. time. New yeah, story every time. And honestly, because, for example, it's very different to play against Liverpool at Anfield or at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. At Anfield, you feel like you have no time, but in Old Trafford, you have more time mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. So maybe without time, you have to put the ball in the space for. Lukaku, but with with time maybe you have to look for Juan between the lines, the lines. So you cannot compare one game with any other game, in my opinion. So then the experience of trying to to make Hazard less dangerous, what's that like? Where do you because what he looks like to the ordinary people who love football is that his movement is very clever, his technical abilities are good. For me, Hazard is the best player in the league. That's first. In my opinion, he's the best player in the league. Uh, and I have said that from my first day here. If we want to stop him, we need from all of us, like we did in Old Trafford. I know I was the protagonist after the game because of the man marking and the blah, 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 blah. But if Jesse and Marcus and yeah. Feli and Paul, they were in front of me, they wouldn't have done the work, the job they did, probably Hazard would have received... The ball. You want them to stop the supply of, of course, the ball to him. Of course. They were playing with three defenders mm-hmm. and Jesse and Marcus didn't let those defenders to come with the ball easy and then play to Hazard or to in William. In between lines as, he, as in, he drops in. Of course. So, I, I know I was in the front page the next day, but credit for Marcus, for Jesse, for Paul and for Fellaini, they were in front of me stopping mm-hmm. that easy ball to Hazard. So it's one of the jobs that, however it happens, that's a key part of winning the Cup at Wembley, right? In whichever way, whoever is chosen, whichever formation, given Hazard's quality... It, it, yeah, but this time can be different. You never know what can happen in the final, maybe... That's what I mean. It doesn't have to be you, but ensuring that Hazard is one of the things that you prevent reaching his maximum... But if you talk to the Crystal Palace manager before the game, he will tell you yes. Huh. If we speak with uh, Ernesto Valverde before the game at the Stamford Bridge, he, will, he would have told you, of course, Hazard, we have to stop him and we have to try to l- don't let him receive the ball too many times. Simply, yeah. But it's not <laughs> something new. It's something that everyone knows. If you're playing against uh, Real Madrid... You have to try that Modric doesn't feel good on the ball. If you play against uh, Man City, 
you have to try to don't let Silva or De Bruyne receive the ball easy. Against Chelsea, you know Hazard and William, they are key players for them. I hope it's a job that the manager gives to you. I hope it is. Ander, um, so we leave this interview with two wishes for you. One, that you play in the cup final and win it. Hopefully. And two, that we learn Russian together. Hopefully. All the way I don't to the think final so, in Moscow. Listen, if, if you're let's, not there... Let's keep the hope. If you're not there, then I'm going home. <laughs> Lovely to speak <laughs> to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Stop, stop, stop. I need to tell you about a new book being published by Backpage, the good guys, the made guys, who published my two books on Barca and Spain and who also, thank the Lord for them, produced this podcast. Football 2.0, How the World's Best Play the Modern Game by Grant Wall, is in all good bookstores from May 15th. Grant Wall sits down with superstars such as Manuel Neuer, Vincent Company, and Xabi Alonso. And thanks to extensive interviews with players in every key position on and off the pitch, he explains the technical and tactical revolution which has transformed modern football. This book is packed with insights that only those at the very top of the sport can offer. In the words of my good friend Gabriel Marcotti, Grant Wall is an expert storyteller who has managed to get some of the best in the world to share the secrets of their trade. So, Big interview listeners, that's your World Cup reading sorted.